Welcome back to the Wilder Podcast. My name is Laura and I am incredibly excited to bring you this episode. We had such fun, so much giggling. I interviewed Emily Kendall, a yoga teacher with a degree in psychology who teaches in Hamilton and online. I'd never met her before, actually, but we had so much in common and just such a fun conversation. We talked about yoga. (laughs) We definitely talked about yoga and her journey with yoga, you know, what yoga has brought into her life, why she keeps going back to it, why she teaches it, and how she incorporates the psychology into her classes. One thing that we dive into that I've been contemplating a lot and I've been having conversations with friends about is that sort of that line between discipline and flow. When to kind of just tune in and you know, do what you feel like on the day and when to kind of make those commitments and follow them through. Yeah, interesting fine line. Like, I don't know where the line is. We didn't really have a solid answer, but Emily puts forward her thoughts and her, you know, her ideas around that. Yeah, I'd love to hear what you guys think around that sort of balance between flow and discipline. Send me a message on Instagram. I'm at Wilder Wellness. I'd love to hear what you think about this episode and, of course, that specific concept just because like yeah there's kind of no right or wrong when it comes to that but really interested to hear what you think i'll finish rambling here and um, let's get straight into the episode with emily kendall grove here we go thanks for sitting down with me emily it's really really lovely to have this chat so thank you very much Mm, thank you for being here and inviting me into this space with you cool (laughs) awesome so we'll start where we start with most people. I would love to hear a little bit about, I mean, what brought you into yoga or what drew you into yoga and why have you stayed as well? Mm, sure. Good question. I found yoga when I was 16. Mm-hmm. Actually, my mum, my mum dragged me along to a yoga class and I was very reluctant. You know, I had no idea what it was apart from my I guess predetermined ideas of what it might involve but yeah I was I was a bit of a rebellious teenager pretty miserable and had a lot of mental health imbalances and issues from about the age of 13 when my parents separated kind of went a little bit off the off the rails and got diagnosed at the GP as you do with depression and she put me on medication and it was all very extreme and intense and yeah, I guess my mum was trying to find other ways in which she could support me and, I don't know, I suppose trying to get to the root cause of what was causing me to be like that and behave mm-hmm. that way, you know. And I kind of, I left school when it was just all a pretty shitty time. And yeah, so one day she said, look, I'm going to yoga. Do you want to come along with me? And I sort of went, fine, okay, I'll come. And I went and, you know, I just let go of control and just went along with whatever the lady had to say. And I did it and I actually felt really good. Mm-hmm. That's That's what you tend to find is people's general responses at the end of the class is like, wow, I didn't realize I could feel so good. Oh, God, I just feel so much better. Mm. And in the sleep that night, I remember specifically remember how well I slept after my yoga class. It was the breathing for Mm. me. So the breathing techniques, I can't remember what we learned, but it was one specific breath technique. And I remember I had a lot of insomnia, as that's, you know, a symptom of when you've got anxiety and depression and things like that. And um, 
yeah, I remember lying in bed and doing this one specific breath technique and it helped me get to sleep. And I, and in that moment, I thought, oh my God, there is something really potent in this. Yeah. You know? And it was from there that I kind of became really interested. And because I was a little bit of an experiment in myself from the inside going, okay, well, I'm, th- you know, this teenager who's depressed and all this stuff and, I don't want to feel like this anymore. It became this experiment of of trying different things to to feel better. Mm. And yoga was something that I weaved in as a part of on and off. It wasn't like a committed, dedicated practice at that point. Mm. But it was something that I always revisited and dipped my toes back into. And after I had that experience of kind of just knowing that there was something quite powerful and that you had the control mm. over your breath mm. to bring about the ability to sleep well. You know, mm. it's not this thing that's outside of you. It's this thing that's within. Mm. And so it did yoga have a role in your sort of finding balance again with mental health and things? Absolutely. Yeah, it was something I used to do. Uh, Yenga yoga was my main. I mean, I thought that was the only style of yoga. You know, I thought that was yoga. So it was a lot of props and support and static stretching and long-held poses it wasn't a lot of dynamic movement Mm -hmm. and because when I was young young like nine or ten I did gymnastics and I loved it and then we moved over to New Zealand we emigrated here from the UK and there was no gymnastics over here so when I found yoga it was sort of like tapping back into that connection to movement and making shapes and being back in the body again and it was just I knew that my nervous system was really not happy I would lie in poses at the end of class at, at this at this Iyengar place and I could see my heart beating mm. and just feel it and hear it. And it was just, I was always on edge mm. and it was, you know, yeah, it was really not a very comfortable time in my life, but I always, I would always leave feeling relieved, feeling more connected. And so I, I kind of knew back then that it would be a part of my life. I just wasn't sure in, in what capacity yeah. Mm. Cool. Mm. Did it feel like it was always an obvious step to become a teacher? Did you did you train in Iyengar teaching first or did you just move across? So Iyengar is a, I didn't, didn't know this back then, but Iyengar is its kind of own school. Yeah. It's very like, you know, unless you're an Iyengar trained teacher, you're not a yoga teacher. Mm. Like it's its own, mm. it's got its whole processes because... Mr. Bit of a purist. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Iyengar was, you know, very much about his own style, which fitted his own body, very, very therapeutic, very remedial. Mm. So I think it's a much longer and more in-depth training to, yeah. to become an Iyengar teacher. So no, I think about 24 or 25, I discovered vinyasa yoga mm. and I was like, what is this? Because I went to the gym a lot, you know, mm. lifted weights. I was very much into like strength and fitness and stuff. Mm. And so then I found vinyasa. And it was like, oh, my God, you can move to music yeah. and you can flow. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, flow. Yeah. Come on. It's basically like dancing, which is also in my background. I used to be a dance teacher just for little kids. Nothing amazing. Like, I'm not amazing at dancing. It was like marrying fitness or movement with gymnastics, with dancing, with music. And it just became this big creative thing that landed in my heart. And I went, oh, my God. And... The bonus of it being, it makes you feel freaking incredible Mm -hmm. and gives you everything that you're missing in Mm -hmm. life, basically. So 
actually, to be honest with you, yoga is the one thing that I have stuck to the most out of anything else in my entire life. Mm. And I'm one of those people that jumps from thing to thing, hobby to hobby. I'm going to try this and a little bit of that. And so, no, I went from my Iyengar, found vinyasa, started going to a few classes and yeah. dabbling in that. And then I was like, I need to share this, mm. but in my way. Yeah. And during that time, I had been to university and studied psychology because of my own background. Mm. I wanted to understand more about my brain, mm. my neurochemistry, my thoughts, you know, managing my mind. So I had this idea of wanting to kind of marry psychology with the movement mm. piece and that connection between the mind and the body. So, yeah, so then I went to, I did a lot of research on different yoga teacher trainings, learned about all the different 200-hour and 300-hour and, you know, Yoga Alliance and all that stuff. Took myself off to Thailand, was so nervous. Mm -hmm. like I, I was like, I can't do this. So anxious. Had just gone through a breakup and a relationship as well. And, yep, shipped myself off to Thailand for a month, dropped in, and, yeah, did the thing. <laughs> awesome. Cool. I'm interested about the degree in psychology. Mm. Did you find that that did actually help with the understanding of the body-mind connection? Oh, 100%. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I wasn't sure how conventional they were mm. at, at university because I always mm. joke that my degree in nutrition mm. is a waste of money. Yeah. What, because it's outdated now? So outdated. Yeah. Because things have changed and science has evolved. Nutrition has completely changed yeah. even yeah. in just the five years since I left school, let alone mm. the 10 years before that when they had decided on the syllabus mm. and then taught me it, you know, mm. so... I think to some degree there's always going to be those new discoveries and things, mm, but mm. The, the basics of like your neurochemistry. Yes, the actual physiology, biochem side of things. Exactly, so. yeah. So that gives me a really uh, incredibly deep understanding in mm. terms of when we're talking about the breath, it's not just the breath. It's like, well, the breath directly impacts your nervous system mm. and your nervous system is linked to the brain mm. and then that links back to the body. So, mm. it, you know, it's not a one or the other thing. It's very much a big loop, which is connected via the nervous system. Mm. So, yeah. Cool. And so you, you sort of pull that sort of, I suppose, your psychology background is naturally pulled into your classes these days? Yeah. 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 Oh, amazing. Mm. What do you find the most useful in terms of a concept? Is it breath, like breath, nervous system connection? It's a good question. I would say, well, the breath is the direct pathway to being able to regulate the nervous system, to upregulate or downregulate. Yeah. You know, we can you can control the pace that your heart beats with your breath. Like, that's pretty incredible. But I think it's the whole the whole picture. Yep. So when I teach a class, you know, I set the theme, the tone, the intention. So you kind of plant that seed in people's minds, that the focus, and then I map out the breath and the movement to to match that intention. Mm. So you're kind of coming in from all angles mm. with the approach to whatever it might be, whether it's empowerment or whether it's grounding in the root mm. chakra, whether mm. it's, you know, opening the hips or, you know, whatever it might be. It's, mm. it's, it's, a, it's a whole kind of creation using using the way you think, the way you breathe, the way you move mm. as a mm. concoction of ingredients. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Amazing. So I suppose is 
to chat a little bit about what your daily practice would be mm-hmm. outside of teaching to you is yoga the thing that you do kind of daily to kind of keep you really centered or what is it if it's not yoga yeah it's interesting that you say that I think and I know it sounds quite corny and quite cheesy but I feel like yoga is not something you do it's like it's just the way that you be Mm. the way that you treat yourself it's the way that you treat other people and it's basically the the constant willingness to just show up and to learn to be wrong for me the daily practices involve just maintaining curiosity Mm. you know having that shining that light of awareness on myself first and foremost you know like I want to know if I've upset someone I want to know where I can do better you know so it's showing up with curiosity and keeping as consistent as possible with the simple practices. So it doesn't necessarily have to be going on my mat and doing yoga. It could be, okay, that morning, you know, I'm going to meet myself where I'm at today. It could be I'm feeling maybe I didn't have a good sleep. Maybe Mm. I'm, you know, coming into the luteal phase of my cycle. It could be, you know, there's a million very, very variables (laughs) variables that can impact you know, we are at that day. So I don't believe in like, I'm going to go to the gym at 6am every day. Mm. Because maybe that's not what you need that day. Mm. So I'm kind of a bit more intuitive with the mm. practices that I, that I try to ritualize, but mm. it's just simple things like making my bed every single morning, mm. dropping into my breath. Whenever I get a moment of quietness or stillness or presence, it, it's just a few conscious breaths. It's mm. literally that simple so you're strengthening that pathway between you know remembering to breathe consciously Mm. what else it's just doing my best really could be like okay i need to drink some more water today it's trying to just maintain that mindfulness of everything and yeah just stay open stay willing and and excited and interested to learn about myself more Mm. so yeah that that could look different every day five minutes meditation it could be a 50 minute cardio session at the gym that yeah. I need to just shift some energy and you know blast out some anger so it's really just being in tune with your emotional state and your the state of your nervous system and what it needs mm. that's mm. how I operate mm. <laughs> yeah I love the curiosity I think it was one of the first ones you mentioned yeah. like just being like okay today's the day let's roll with the flow but then yeah sort of needs to be something at some point but it changes yeah honestly i know i have been having an interesting conversation with friends recently about that kind of that line between Mm. discipline Mm -hmm. and being too in flow or like (laughs) the next podcast might be around this actually because we're talking about and like we sort of jokingly call them our flaky friends yeah and it's like the friends who will always flake on you or like at least be late or something Mm. and there's like because i I definitely was too far to discipline yeah. when I was younger, for sure, because that's just how it was. Mm-hmm. You know, you did the things that you do and mm-hmm. you didn't really even have a phone to text somebody to cancel yeah. anyway. Yeah. And then I got potentially, no, nah, I don't think I, I actually have been quite strong. I don't know if I've floated too far into flowy yet, but I know some people who have. And then there's like, you know, I'm not going to get up in the morning because I need extra sleep mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do the gym. I'm not going to do the yoga. And it's like, well... Yeah, okay, that's fine, but like maybe the yoga, maybe the early morning is actually what you need. So yeah, there's like kind of a fine line. Oh, honestly, <laughs> that is so pertinent to where I'm at right now because I'm, I'm not flaky, 
because I do believe in integrity. <clears throat> That's a big one for me. So you say you're going to do something. Exactly. Do it, but just don't say you're going to do it if you don't think you're going to do yes. it. Or, you know, it's like, actually, am I overcommitting? Mm-hmm. Do I need to check myself? Yes. And, you know, yeah. So it's a balance between honoring yourself and then honoring commitments or promises yes. to other people and also or to yourself honor, honoring those promises to yourself and i think the fine line this is what i've discovered comes between Good. what you want yeah and what you need yeah yeah yeah, yeah. such a huge difference and you yeah. can apply that to anything yeah it comes to food mm. what do you want to eat mm. what does your body need mm. comes to sleep what do you want to do do you want to sleep in do you want to stay up late yeah very well for both of those things yeah or do you need to get to bed earlier yeah. and you need to wake up earlier yeah so that you can then honor the rest of the mm, day properly mm. with dating you know with guys what are you attracted to what do you think you want and what is actually good for you mm. what do you need in someone mm. so i think that is that's a good way of looking at things and i'm definitely i'm working on the discipline side of things mm. and trying to add more structure and routine mm. but man it's hard with a little kid oh yeah <laughs> because that just adds this whole other thing that is just totally unpredictable mm. you know so but then she needs the structure and the discipline too so it's just it's a bit of a catch-22 to be honest but i talk about this line as if we know exactly where it exists somewhere between I know. discipline yeah. and flow and gentle yeah. and soft you know yeah i think time and a place hey for both but i know people i've got friends who are super like black and white yeah you know and they need a little bit more yin for their oh. yang almost don't they? but then but then somebody like i'm thinking of one person in particular love her to pieces but because we're so different we clash in lots of ways but we're also very complementary mm. i can help her to soften to see other perspectives you know to perhaps highlight some of the nuances mm. and she can really kick me off the butt mm. and hold me accountable and just be like well if you're not going to do that then nothing's going to change so and i'm like fuck you but also love you thank you so i'm going through this shedding now of identifying myself with this person who just lives intuitively but that's hard because you introduced the concept of izzy and mm. it's like well actually if i've been up 10 times a night you do actually need to sleep exactly so but yeah the being, line becomes harder to exactly but then you just need to be good at discerning yes what is a true yes. need and what yes. is a Flaky yes, want, but it's a big ladder. But yes, yeah, there's just, a whole other fact. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. My next question is around finding deep connection with others. So we've kind of already talked about flaky friends and this and that. So with your close friends, mm. what, how do you find that you kind of get below that sort of shallow? How are you? How do you build relationships? What? I don't know. I think I'm a bit weird. <laughs> Go with it. Well, I am a bit weird. I'm a bit different, and I've always been like that. You know, I've never, ever gotten on with, like, the clicky groups. Mm. It's just been a very clear, like, I don't know if it's they don't want me or I don't want them or what. Maybe it's a combination of both. But even through school, like, no, it just was not, like, in the popular group or the cool group or anything. Mm. And I've always been the one to be friends with the outcasts and the slightly other oddballs and things like that. So all my friends are, like quite one of a kind people i don't have like a group Mm. that all hangs out together i would say what honestly in truth all i do is just be completely myself Mm -hmm. i know that sounds really like "Eh, i'm just authentically me but like that's actually the truth yeah and i find by doing that 
I attract the people who resonate mm. with my true sense mm. and my authenticity and the ones who don't or they're triggered by it or they, I don't know, whatever their lens or their filter is or their perception is, it will, it will repel those people. So I'm like, cool, my job is done. But I suppose it's just being consistent. Mm. I try to be really consistent and I appreciate that and other people too. I try to create a safe space. Mm -hmm. I am very open and transparent, sometimes a little too much, which is something I'm also working on just learning how and when to be vulnerable because I know a lot of people have the issue of not being able to feel things and not being able to express things and I'm just the opposite. Mm -mm. I'm like, literally ask me anything, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, exactly. And I'll give you the truth. <laughs> I'll give you the honest All stuff the stuff that... you don't even want. And I have no discomfort in my being about mm. that at all. So in a way, it's a beautiful gift. Mm. But, you know, I think... And I think that's interesting because leading by example with vulnerability, yeah. you know, I know Brene Brown talks a lot mm. about this sort of stuff. Mm. She's probably said something along these lines before, you know, but yeah, leading by example mm. with vulnerability can be a really great way to encourage other people totally. to share yeah. themselves that or be more people feel safe. Vulnerable. So like, yeah, you're the sorts of person who needs to lead for the rest of us to, mm. for the rest of us to be vulnerable if you feel really comfortable with it, you yeah. know? I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's interesting with social media and, all different people, you know, there's always, there's always going to be judgment. Always. I've had all sorts of things said about me and, you know, back in the day it would have really upset me. And now I'm just like, well, you're going to get that when you, when you aren't afraid to walk the, the beaten track, you know, when you are. Anybody who puts himself out there. Yeah. Especially in New Zealand with tall poppy and all of that. Oh stuff. my God. Don't even get me started. Yeah. So I think I used to kind of shy away from that and feel this inner conflict of like, well, I know them a little bit different but i think it's a bad thing i used to always think there's something wrong with me people don't like me and blah 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 and now i'm really i just shine the light back on me always mm. always 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 i'm like how how could i have dealt with that better like i'll put my hand up and say in the past like i have made so many mistakes mm. i've done shitty things i've said shitty things for sure but the difference is now i work really really hard every day to really take responsibility like true responsibility even for the stuff that i'm like oh my god like there's so much shame around that so much judgment around that so much self-loathing mm -hmm. and just trying to arrive in this place of self-compassion which is like something i'm trying to work on at the moment so yeah it's it's trying to stay in stay in integrity be authentic create safe spaces be myself and just be interested in people, see them, mm. see them for who they are, which some people don't like as well. Being seen, that's Ooh, fucking scary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you don't like being seen and supported and all those things, if you don't like hearing this one thing, I'm, again, blessing and a curse, like if you do something or say something and I'm like, you know, I see something there where I'm like, okay, do they realize they're doing that? I will mm. tell you. Like, people fucking hate being called out, but I can't help it if it's somebody close to me, yes. like my flatmate. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if she'll listen to this, but like, I'm possibly a bit harsh on her because mm. we're close and I actually just want her to have the yes. best life she can have. Yes. But it comes across mean a little bit and a bit picky and mm. a bit, not strict. I don't know what right word Yeah, critical. Yeah. Mm. I mean, when you are close with people, because you care mm. and you want them. And that's where it's coming from, yes. you know, but at the same time, obviously the delivery is very important, you exactly. know. Exactly. That's another really big thing as well. People say like, oh, just speak your truth and just be honest. It's like, well, no, there's an art to, there's an art to it. 
but you also need to think about the impact on the other person mm. because it's not really about what you're saying. It's the delivery of it. It's, it's all very well going, well, I'm just really honest and blah, blah, blah. But, well, you know, that's your that's your truth mm. and it's respecting the other person's lens is going to be different. Mm. We all have blind spots. Mm. And probably what you're delivering is going to be something quite sensitive, right? So it's like how can I – how can how can I get it to land with that person in a way that feels it's actually going to be supportive and mm. to help them, you know, those mm. blind spots. Mm. And I've had my family barking things at me for years, like, oh, you sewed this and you sewed that. And I'm like, if you're not enough, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, now at 33, I'm like, okay, maybe we're right. <laughs> I go, all right then. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, actually, unless I look at that shit, it's never going to change and mm -hmm. I'm always going to keep getting the same feedback mm -hmm. and run into the same conflicts mm -hmm. with people over the same things. So, yeah, that's a big conversation. But that work there comes back to inner child work, mm. 100%. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's funny, when somebody calls me out, I'm like, oh, really? Like, how cool? How yeah. interesting. Like, that's that curiosity. Because right? we're already on that journey, though. Yeah. And so – and it, and the – there's no right or wrong. You don't have to be on the journey. But, yeah. like, I would love to, like, get to the bottom of all mm. my patterns and beliefs mm. if I could. But possibly, interestingly enough, potentially depends on who the person was who mm. was delivering it to me. Mm. As long as I respect yeah. the person, Probably. I may take it. Yeah. If I didn't respect them for whatever reason, mm. I had just decided that in my mind that <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree with what they say. It's a hard no from me. Yeah. It's a hard pass. You can take that and just turn around and walk back. But, yeah, anyway, I think. Yeah, th yeah, exactly. You don't have to be on the journey, but like calling people out, there's a, there's a gentle, there's a softness, there's a kindness that you can do when you call people out for being reactive or whatever it is. I have this out. one friend. She's beautiful. She's not on a spiritual path at all. She doesn't do yoga. She doesn't meditate. Mm. She doesn't do breath work. She's really onto it though. Mm. She's had, you know, a therapist in her life for a long time. She's very intelligent. But yet, I can still speak to her on this level. Mm. And she gets it. Mm. It's really weird. Well, that's that's a good point because it doesn't have to be yoga. No, it doesn't have it to really, be honestly in child work. Even it can be total CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, mm. or whatever therapy you know mm -hmm. therapy this particular mm -hmm. therapist uses. It's more just that awareness. Awareness is a huge piece. And it's just that yoga and a physical practice is yeah. actually quite a good entry point a quite an easy totally place to start mm. and has a sort of has a sort of obvious journey for people to try out you know mm. they come because they feel good mm -hmm. but yeah i will often say to her hey do you realize that every time this happens you do this and she'll be like oh <laughs> and she'll do the same for me and i love that yeah, like, good. thank you please you know mm. yeah Interesting. So you've mentioned Izzy, your lovely yes. daughter, nearly mm. three, I think, did you say? Three and a half. Three and a half, yes. cool. Nearly four, good. Nearly four. Four. So how has that journey been? I suppose my question is really around what are the lessons mm. or things you've learned about yourself or about life in general? That's a big, big, massive, <laughs> question. Yeah, so didn't, I mean, obviously never planned on being a solo mother. I don't think anybody does, but I think the biggest thing I've learned is that this is a bit of an overarching statement, but we continue to make decisions from our from our wounding. Mm. So if I trace back the fact that I have a child now, I trace that back to my choice to be with a certain person mm. and then why I chose to be with that certain person and what part of me was what part of me wanted to or needed felt like 
felt like they wanted or needed to be with that person. And now I have her and she's with me for life. Mm-hmm. So she is like a reminder of that, of mm-hmm. like, come on, like, you know, you need to be operating from a place of integration. And this is why it's like, get me to the bottom of my shit. Mm-hmm. So I know that every decision I make is from a place of it's for my highest good and the highest good of the world, mm. you know, others. So, yeah, so I guess breaking it down a little, she is the best and the hardest thing that's ever happened to me. I'm mm. sure every mother probably says mm. that. But, yeah, I'm 33, and I have a beautiful three-and-a-half-year-old, and I am honestly happily solo parenting. It's so I feel like I'm in the optimum position. Like, I don't have to worry about a relationship drama issues. I don't have to, you know, navigate all the emotional draininess of that although there are amazing beautiful benefits Mm -hmm. in relationship i feel like with anything there is like a lightness and a darkness Mm -hmm. having children there's so much light and beauty there's also so much limitation Mm -hmm. you know sometimes i feel trapped sometimes i feel really alone Mm -hmm. sometimes you know i don't get enough sleep and it's just really stressful and triggering but then also there's so much joy that you don't can't fathom if you don't have kids and same with the relationship, you know, you, you have companionship and love and intimacy and all these things, but then you also have conflict mm. and compromise mm. and arguments and triggers. Mm. So yeah, it's sort of like choosing your, choosing your battles, I suppose. So yeah, for now I am happily trying to find balance between basically being a full-time solo mum mm. and then juggling, juggling my own self-care. <laughs> And my own stuff. Mm. And then also running my business and growing my business as well. Mm. But yeah, I don't really know what else to comment on. I can't remember what you asked me specifically. No, that's really good. I feel like going back to kind of the original answer you gave, which is around that sort of constant reminder that Mm. our patterns Mm -hmm. will dictate dictate decisions as they our life. Yeah. That's that's pretty deep. That's good. Yeah. It's literally that simple. So if you feel stuck or unhappy, it's like, well, you need to change one of your lenses, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's what's driving your thoughts. And then your thoughts drive your decisions. And then your decisions are going to, you know, put the pavers down for Mm. the direction that you're going in. Mm. So it's like, well, what what do you want your trajectory to be? Mm. And now for me, you know, I can't, there's honestly, to be honest, there's days where I'm like, fuck, I wish I wasn't a mum. I could be off traveling the world as this really whole happy 33 year old solo person and soaking in like the wonders of traveling now which Mm. i never appreciated when i was younger Mm. and i can't i'm stuck Mm. i'm tied to hamilton i need the support of my mum. you know i could get really down and depressed about that you know there's days where it feels relentless and there's no one to help me some days i have toast crust for breakfast some days i have cold chips for dinner so you could say well that's not very yoga and not very healthy but again back to what i said at the start i'm doing my best and it's trying to find that balance point. Yeah. So just working with what I've got now mm. and really being grateful for being in this beautiful space. Yeah. This beautiful, beautiful view, having the, my mum there, like connecting with my mum, having having a daughter. I don't need to rush to find a partner to have kids. Like mm. a lot of my friends who are in their 30s who are, you know, can't have children or really want to have children but they don't have a partner mm. they're not even close to having a partner mm. that's a big one i actually want to do a podcast on that yeah. i reckon that would be an interesting yeah to dive into but yeah you're so you already got a to... beautiful little human you know so really i mean i'd love to have another child mm. there's any solo moon out there <laughs> no, 
Just kidding. <laughs> you never know what you'll get. You never know. After this podcast, I don't know who's going to want to tackle me because I'm a bit of a... You're all aware of your shit, though. We've all got that shit. I mean, yeah. like we like the general population yeah. has all that shit, but yeah. they just don't know it. There's not many men. There's more women than men who want to walk this path. I find mm. that's not a that's not a generalized statement. It's just that in my experience, you know, men are more entrenched. It's harder. It's harder for men to come into this space of consciousness because it's mm. there's a lot more. I don't really know how to word it, but there's just a lot more deeper emotional issues for men, I find. Yeah, and, and the society expectations are different. Absolutely. Good luck to me. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I will wait patiently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm in no rush, so that's where I'm at. Yeah. Cool. I thought we would dive into and, and, and bringing sort of Izzy and the other factors in there, mm. but what sort of your strategy, your routine for a really good night's sleep, mm. taking to the fact that oh, it, yes, you know, and the older I get, the more I realize mm. how integral sleep is and mm. how it affects your mood mm. and your energy. It's so important. And people brain. are not sleeping very good quality. Good they quality. might think that they're sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a nutritionist, mm-hmm. but the first thing I tackle is sleep. Yeah. It honestly all <laughs> stems from food. sleep. Yeah. And my biggest thing is trying to tackle sleep with Izzy because yeah. if she is sleeping through the night, yeah. then I have, then I can work on mm. my quality of sleep during mm. that phase. But if she's up at 10 times during the night, then there's no point in, you know, then it's like anxiety every evening going, okay, well, when am I going to need to be awake again? Mm. So yeah. So I've recently tackled that issue with a sleep consultant and, more or less, it's it's touch and go, and still sometimes she'll be up a couple of times during the night, but mm. it's pretty good. It's mm-hmm. like manageable. So my go-to things for sleep are I have a cup of sleepy tea mm-hmm. every evening. I think the one I have is peppermint and chamomile, but you can get a variation of different passion flower mm. and valerian root and all that kind of stuff. Don't know how much it works, but even if it's placebo effect, if it works... It's like a habit. It's almost it like works. a cue, environmentally. And I find as well something I've realized recently is I'm quite a, I'm quite a wine drinker. Mm. I love wine mm. in the evening. And I got into a bit of a habit of coming home. You know, Izzy's just gone to sleep. Maybe it's been like a big rigmarole to get her into bed. And my body just wants to relax. So I'd go for the wine. But the last month or two, I haven't been drinking any alcohol before mm. bed. Mm. And honestly, that affects quality of sleep so much. So no alcohol. I do my best and I will not try and pretend that I do this every night like I'm perfect because I'm not. But in an ideal world, I put my phone on airplane mode at 9 p.m. Yeah. Because otherwise I'll just get carried away with chatting to people. Yeah. And work. you can kind of – exactly. Yes. That's the thing I find is like – I can actually kind of kind of claim it's work because I'm busy and blah, blah, blah. I need to do this. Yeah. I need to do it tomorrow. Yeah. But actually, it's all just... Well, it's it. still screen time. Yeah, exactly. So it's more just having that discipline again, which is what we talked about at the start. Yeah. Of being able to go, yeah, well, I could sit here and research, like, the best yoga pose for, like, something or other and get really off on this big rabbit hole and tangent, you know, and call it work. But, you know, that's not what's going to be conducive to my brain. Mm. My brain coming into a state where it is going to. So, because I'm kind of, I've been told by my, who <laughs> doesn't listen to this, but my my last partner that I'm really aggressive in my sleep. <laughs> Not in a sexual. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> in a way I, that I like, 
Twitch. Like uh, heaps. Like I think it's because I'm so tired when uh, I relax. You need some more magnesium. No, I take magnesium. You take magnesium, really? but what? Thank like, you. Let me check the dosage. Be pure magnesium. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I'm very, very well versed on my bioavailable supplement. Good. <laughs> Double dose anyway. <laughs> Double dose? Yeah, okay. try it. <laughs> try it. It's not going to hurt. <laughs> Get high. Yeah, so I twitch a lot when I'm sleeping. I think just because my nervous system is so shot from mm. being so busy and being tired but continuing to push through. And I grind my teeth mm. heavily in my mm. sleep. Like he would, I remember he would roll over and just like sco- not squeeze my jaw but like massage my jaw for me to stop. So I think I was quite disruptive to his sleep because my sleep was so violent yeah right (laughs) but i don't know if i do that anymore so the things that i have tried to stop doing that are phone on airplane mode by nine so you're actually creating that barrier Mm. even in terms of having a phone next to your head at nighttime Mm. with all that radiation Mm. whatever 5g coming through having cutting off that network connection it just feels better sleepy tea high dose high potency bioavailable magnesium Cool. And something else that I love is a little trick of the trade is L-theanine. Mm. Love me a little L-theanine. Yeah, cool. Yeah. They don't put that in the baby or magnesium now, do they? Don't think so. No. Okay. No. Not of used to. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. There might be another one with yeah. it in there as well. So a little concoction I'll do is, is magnesium, L-theanine, and then some ashwagandha. Mm. Lovely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then a really good mattress. Yeah. Yeah. And what's good for you? Are you like hard? Do you like soft? What do you mean? Uh, firm. Firm. It's, yes. It's not a preference. It's better for you. Yeah. So the f- more supportive your mattress, the more supported your joints and your spine feel, mm. which means your body will relax more. Mm. If your bed is soft, it might feel comfortable, but it's not supportive for your joints. Mm. And so therefore your body will not, your muscles will not relax mm. as well. Mm. Your body doesn't feel as safe. Okay, that's good to know because yeah. I inherit, I like hard mattresses mm-hmm. and hard, like futons actually kind of yeah. suit me. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know that it was yeah. actually. I got that. one of my friends, she, she and her husband create mattresses called teddy beds. They come rolled up, the eco mattresses, mm. and they make them out of plastic from the ocean, which oh, is wow. amazing. So she messaged me and said, would you like to try one of these beds? And I was like, okay. And I got it. And I unraveled it and it was amazing. It puffs out. Yeah. It just puffs up. Like I've seen them on Instagram. And yeah. I lay on it the first night and I was like, I can't do this. Oh, it was so hard. I was wow. like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. It's so freaking hard. And then after about a week, I was having the best sleeps ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. So a little bit of recalibration time. Absolutely. But then, yeah. Yep. Then really yep. good deep sleep. Yep. Interesting. Mm. Cool. Mm. Might have to try one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do have a discount code. Okay. <laughs> we can put that in the show notes. Yeah. 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 They That's... do kids' beds too. So they've got a whole science behind why it's better for your body. Yeah. Don't ask me to regurgitate that. No. Because I'm not an ambassador. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have a discount code yeah. if you want to try because I do rate it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. good to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lots of sleep tips. Love it. Really awesome. Cool. Well, that was a really incredible little chat, Emily. So thank you very much for your time. Thank I feel like you. we went, we did all over the place. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Too much of a ramble, and there's a few little nuggets of yeah gold in there to be plucked. Totally, totally. <laughs> and <laughs> Emily does have a public yoga class in Hamilton as well on a Wednesday evening. So if you're interested, you can check her website, which I'll put in the show notes. On that, amazing. Thanks for listening, whoever's out there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. I really, really appreciate your time and I hope you've got something out of this episode. I would love to hear what you got out of it, what you thought of the episode. Send me a message on Instagram at wilder, wild with an R on the end, underscore wellness. And yeah, let me know what you thought. All the relevant links will be in the show notes. So feel free to check out all of those things that we mentioned in today's episode. And as always, a reminder to be gentle on yourself. Take things slow. Um, I think that there is no way that you can hear that too many times. So take this as your little reminder today. And I'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wilder Podcast.